0: We are back. at two-week break, man. I missed that buzzing sound. I, was, I, I wasn't, wasn't
2: sure we were still doing the show anymore.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, we we had a, we had to take a little two-week hiatus. Uh, no, uh, had to, had a guest fall through, and then um, you know I had to kind of call out on it because I had family in town. I didn't realize how tough it was going to be to make this show happen with family in town. I, I, uh, I think by family in town, you meant go to the Masters. Well, yeah, I had my dad in town, and that, you know, it's the first time they had been up to my new house and everything, and it was pretty fire. It was pretty fired up, and. I was about to get up, you know. I got up at four forty five next morning. So, um, I, dude, I really just wish I could have been there when the tree fell, so that I could just throw a leg up under it. That's and what I, me,
2: I, I said. The exact same thing. I think I could have figured out I, in the moment. I like to believe I could have been pressing enough to uh, slide a leg back under it.
0: I wouldn't have. I would have totally gotten out of the way. But like, if I threw my leg up under it, it would have been like, all right, guys, listen, four badges. Monday through Friday, Monday through Sunday, Marklinger's. I'm not Marklinger's, that's the quarterback. Berkman, <laughs> uh, Berkman's uh, place. Um, maybe let me stay on the grounds. Um, Jack Nicholson's old, old lodging. Maybe I don't this know. List,
2: even Jack Nicholas. Uh, Jack Where's Nicholson you? played the Joker. In
0: the Boy, I'm month. struggling with the names today. <laughs> And I swear, all I'm, I, I've got non-alcoholic beer tonight. What are you drinking? I got, uh, I got some Upside Dawn uh, athletic brewing. I love this stuff, man. This stuff tastes – dude, it has the best flavor ever. Like, it's some of the best tasting what beer it, ever. What it,
2: so what is it – like, what's its uh, equivalent? It's
0: supposed to be like an IPA or uh, – No, this is actually a gold nail. Oh, nice. This, this is, but their IPAs are really good too. Okay. Their IPAs are really good too. But no, this is a uh, – let's, let's hear the – oh, yeah. There we go. Very nice.
2: Yeah. Uh, I'm drinking real alcohol tonight. Creature yeah. Comforts. Uh, got to go to um, grocery store today. Kind of lay out the week in terms of the meals. And, um, you know, that Blue Ridge Ingles, they got that uh, Tropicalia. So.
0: That's a good angles, bro. It's a good Ingles. That I've been
2: told. I don't know if this is true. I've, I've been told they sell more beer than any uh, than any other
0: Ingles. It though. would make all the sense in the world. It <laughs> would make all the sense in the world. Alright, uh, listen. We got Brooks Austin, film guy. Um, film guy network uh he has it on patreon sports illustrated um you know covers georgia uh for the for the site there uh does a does a good job man brooks is a grinder he works hard at it we're gonna bring him on any second now uh what's up oh. brooks? he's in what's the studio up,
1: boys how y'all do a couple of jakes cutting it up
0: that's right that's right brooks i need to know any relation to if you could pick relation would we go stunning steve or stone cold steve which guy are you related to Oh, Stone Cold for sure. No okay. doubt. All right. Yeah. Well, I was a big Stone fan of Stunning Steve Austin back in the day, personally. but No, nah, I, man.
2: I, I, stunning Steve had his place, and WCW dropped the bag, clearly.
1: See, you guys are talking way over my head. I was like a, <laughs> a, a, a midnight, mid to late 90s wrestling guy and early 2000s guy. So, like, my peak of wrestling – it's Stone Cold Steve Austin in the beer truck in the fire hose, like coming in yeah. and just soaking the whole the the whole place in Budweiser and riding it on four wheelers and and can you smell like that's that's what I know about wrestling.
0: Well, see, the st- stunning Steve Austin was WCW like way back in the day. You could see him on Sunday night main event. You could he had see hair, on- yeah, he had hair. <laughs> <laughs> you, could on- you could see him on Saturday, the one hour show, the Sunday, the one hour shows. Then catch him. I think he was gone before Nitro came about.
1: This is the same Steve Austin. This is like yeah, one oh like,
0: hundred. Yes. But just
1: uh, they they made him a pretty boy. Is that what it sounds like?
0: Uh he yeah. was yeah, he was like he was
2: like a, a good looking baby face. Was y'all just y'all days. just
1: sold all that's like finding out your super your favorite athlete is like an actual bad person. It's like uh, what you just did to me. Like you was, just ruined Stone Cold for me. Nah, it was
2: did. it's worth it's worth going and checking out, but I will say uh they they they, met, they fumbled the bag with uh, steve austin <laughs> in a very clear way
0: they 100 w WWF using just right and brooks i don't know if anybody else has access to your to your youtube channel but if it's like the dogs hq youtube channel um if you go if you go searching for stone cold stunning steve austin um you will get called out on it at some point uh because somebody's gonna go through and look at your uh you look at your history, and then like, who in the world was listening to the Friday Night Lights soundtrack on the on the Dogs HQ YouTube channel? That actually happened to us about three or four months ago. It was, it was oh, released.
1: that's right, because all you all you guys share a, a YouTube channel account. Yeah, we well, we all that. have
0: access to the YouTube channel. Yeah, because we got to be able to upload press conference vid and stuff like that. So,
1: I don't even like right now. My YouTube searches are like how to finish your own basement, uh, <laughs> like, handheld stuff like yeah. It would be like, hey man, who got into a YouTube wormhole on like yard irrigation? Like, who's that? That was me. Yeah, was me.
0: yeah. You uh, you are a new Jackson County resident, right?
1: That's right, man. Just moved over here. I'm loving it so far. I, my first three nights, I saw the moon and the stars, and I was like, that's new, because you know, what? like, I'm, I'm my, my whole life, I've been around light pollution. Like everywhere I go, it's just nothing but light pollution. And now I moved out here, man, and it's like. No one drives by you unless they live here, and that feels really, really good. You where, know what I mean? Where,
2: where do you guys eat in Jackson County? I, I, I don't, I don't know the, the layout. I don't know the lay of the land. This restaurant scene, Winder. Okay, yeah, you, either
1: drive, you either drive to Winder or you cook. Ooh. Like my neighbor, he grilling every night.
0: Well, you, you can, you, I mean, you're close enough to Brazelton, Hutchins. Yeah. like you can kind of get into that area. There's uh, Roos actually told me about this place, Cotton Calf Kitchen. He's the one mm-hmm. that I think he just happened upon it, looking it up. Um, it's expensive. You're going to go spend a dollar or two, uh, but they've, uh, they've got some good food there. You can get good brunch and in, in, uh, Brazelton or Hutchton. I can't even figure out which one's Brazelton, which one's Hutchton. what's Barrow County, what's Jackson County. So um, it's all the
1: above. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's, it's great. But yeah, man, that's awesome. You, uh, you moved out of traditions, um, loving the house. Uh, how many kids
1: now? We have two. So we have an uh, uh, almost three-year-old this July and an almost one-year-old this June. So uh, baby boy is outside. He's got a farmer's tan now, boys. Yeah. He's he, he got some sun on the back of his neck, and he, he looks like he wear a T-shirt when he got one off. Um, and he is a full outdoorsman at this point, constantly wanting to go to the park and constantly want to be outside. So, And the baby girl's just all over the place. It's funny. My son looks like me, acts just like my wife. My daughter looks like my wife has not
2: shut
0: up since she came out. So, <laughs> checks out. That's how it goes. Roos knows all about that. He's got kids everywhere.
2: Yeah. yeah. Well, well we're, we're just hoping we don't run into them. I'll be honest.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> we're avoiding those kids at all. <laughs> no question. I hope they're doing well, though.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm, yeah, dude. I hope they are for sure. I'm, my son just turned four, and uh, I think we might be kind of growing out of the stage where he tries to you know, inadvertently kill himself every day. Oh, yeah. Um, where You know, just, you know, just run headfirst into everything we ever could see. Um, but I do have a nephew that's between one and two, and uh, he just swans dive, swan dives off everything of any sort of height. So
1: My son broke his first bone before he turned two. So oh. there was that.
0: A young and, Jeff Hardy. And then you got oh, Jake Roos over here at 30, oh, 35 years old. He's never broken a bone. That's, that, that's also true. I'll be 36 here in a week and a half, just so we're clear. Hard I can't to tell if that's
1: a man who's, like, not lived or if that's a man who's lived correctly. He's I don't know whether –
0: Too hard. <laughs> yeah. He's like uh, – he's like – so, I believe Jake Roos has lived his life as, like, you've, you've driven the ball over – like, you're driving from the tee. You've just – you've driven it 40 yards right of the creek. And oh, Instead okay. of even in the fairway left of the creek, he's just forty yards to the right of the creek. I would yeah. say
2: I would say more like we we plunked it into the creek, and now we're taking a drop shot.
0: So well, so <laughs> all, so <laughs> offline that that it's just it's not even that bad.
1: Yeah, just like bad good, just a crisp lie over in the next fairway, links golf course.
0: Yeah, Ruth's <laughs> big Roos's big mistakes are hey, I didn't eat all day, and then I just pounded a, a burrito and. <laughs> Uh, nachos for dinner at 9 p.m. and and maybe it's not sitting well with
1: me. Some Next would time. say Roos has the life. <laughs> yeah.
0: Hey man, listen, I'll say this, and you'll you'll understand this if you don't already, because uh, I don't know. You just became a parent, but but a dad since I was 23 years old. I got a 15 year old daughter about to turn 16, and uh you know if I could come back, I've said it over and over and over again. If I could come back, listen, I love it. I love it, but if I got a second chance, it was like, all right, you get one more. I'd do it without kids. I would do it without kids, just because I'd be like, let's go, let's throw down. But love my kids.
1: See, I'm the other way, man. Like, I something about my soul knew that knew that I needed an anchor, because like Mm -hmm. otherwise I'd have just been out in this world, like not figuring it out. You know what I mean? Like not doing the things that I'm supposed to be doing to become whatever I'm supposed to become. Um, my wife, especially my wife, and then ultimately my kids have definitely played a role in, like, the development as a human being that I was from 22 to now, right? Um, And I, I don't know what that would look like without uh children. Like, I didn't think about death until I had kids, Jake. Yeah. I don't know if you – I know it's a football podcast, but, like, the moment I had kids, I was like, damn, dude, like, you better start – you better start living right or trying to at some point. So. Um, that that's been my kind of uh reaction to parenting. Like all the other stuff is cliche. Like, yeah, life does look different. Life does feel different. Um, you feel the weight of another life on you, and all that good stuff. But for me, it was more of like a, like this is real now. This is where you are, and this is very faint. It can go. You know what I mean?
0: Only if you know about the kids, though. Roos's life hadn't changed at all. I I be honest with you, I was thinking about death long long before. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but if you think about it in such a way as like... Uh, Existential crises, man. Yeah, like, oh, man, this wouldn't be so bad.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, that can't be worse than my torment right now. No question. But- <laughs> <Eternal suffering>, right? <laughs> well, well, first of all, Brooks, I got to correct you. This is not really a football podcast. This is a media podcast. And basically mm-hmm. what, we, so what what we want to get into is one. we want people to have a chance to kind of tell where they came from, where it started for them. Now, I know you played some college ball. Take us from there to uh, you know
2: where where does the Brooks offense sort of begin? So yeah,
0: I mean you hooked it. And the funny thing I gotta say about you, man, one thing I respect so much about you and and you know, is the fact that you got a hook in the tree or the mountain or whatever, and a lot of guys eventually just kind of let go of that hook and they go do something else. And you you got another hook in there somehow, and almost nobody does. So kudos for that.
1: Man, like to to go over the whole story, and I think I think my story can be kind of dangerous because I think people can look at it and not not to make it about me, but people can look at it and be like, I can do that. Like that's possible. But they, they only see like the come up, they didn't really see the climb, if you know what I mean. So to start you from the top, I graduate college. Well, my freshman year of college, there he is, right there. That's actually red shirt freshman. Uh, Brooks Austin. That's, that's uh, first career start at True Center. Um, but nonetheless, my freshman year of college, I'm a broadcast journalist major. I've grown up with this voice my whole life. People have told me, hey, you sound great on radio. You should probably try to do that. So I went into Shorter University, and I was a broadcast journalist student. And my freshman spring, my dad calls me, and he's like, dude, man, like I know you want to do this. You think you want to do this. And there's a lot to be said about doing what you love there's also a lot to be said about not really having to worry about money or having the stress of money be a problem and he told me he's like look son like look do the research on what you're trying to accomplish it's very rare you probably won't do it you're a really smart guy get into business get a business degree go hammer that thing out your success your chances of success are a lot higher if you do that and i kind of fought it for a little while and you know my dad's a pretty persistent human being i was 19 years old i was like you know what you're right. If I want to do this, I can come back to it. We'll try it out later. And so I go on to graduate with a, a business administration degree. I stick around it shorter for another fifth year, um, which is an opportunity to get a master's degree. So I have a master's in business administration now. I get out of college. I get done with football. By the time I was done with it, I kind of hated it. To be honest with you. We lost so many football games. We played so hard. We played such an offensive style that my body was killing me. Um, so I, I really had a disdain for football when I got done with it and I had this master's degree. So I was like, all right, we'll go get into the workforce, dude. I I gave it like six months into the workforce. And I was like, this ain't me. I can't do this. I'm I'm one of these humans that has never been able to just like check out and not do something that I love. Like just pay, like just punch tabs. You know what I mean? Like punch clock. I respect the hell out of people that can do that. I can't do that and be successful. I would have never climbed a corporate ladder because I just could not do things that I didn't necessarily want to do when it came to my career field. So I worked really, really hard in business administration and worked really hard as a construction management uh, guy. And after about six months, I started freelancing in media. And that's a whole new story. That, that, That freelancing in media started in, I don't know, in 2017, I didn't get covered. I didn't get hired to cover the Georgia beat until March of 2019. And when I did, I had 400 followers on Twitter, guys, 400. Nobody knew who I was. I didn't, I didn't even have a journalism degree. I didn't know how to be a journalist. I didn't know how to do any of those things. I had to become self-taught in a new uh, industry that I thought that I wanted to do. But I knew, hey, you want to be an opinion giver? No one's going to hire you to give opinions. No one knows who you are. You're going to have to build some type of platform and some type of something before even anyone knows who you are. So I got into writing. And that writing journey has kind of taken us to here. And there's, there's a whole lot of different avenues and we can go wherever you guys want to go, but that's kind of where it started. You're not going to do that. Do something else. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll do something else and then come back to it.
2: I think, I think it's interesting because I think, I think all three of us kind of have that. Yeah, similar story. I, I like <laughs> Jake Rowe sort of had to choose the safe path. Right. And I was encouraged to do that. Um, just by virtue of- yeah, we just, we
0: both we both taught high school. I mean, yeah, dude, we just yeah. both hated it so much that we had to figure out some way to do something else. Like I I dude, I wasn't going to make it. Not only was right. I not going to make it, but there were going to be hundreds and hundreds of dozens and dozens of undereducated kids because they had a burnout <laughs> teacher after like 18 months. Yeah. So, yeah I mean, it was-
1: like I said there is something to be said. If you're listening to this right now, I have I had I have admiration for people who are responsible enough at, at creating a life for those around them that they are willing to go in and punch clock at something that they despise or something that they don't love, man, like that. People watch what we do, and they're like, man, I would love to do that. I would love to have the discipline and the selflessness to go do that because I can't. It's the same reason why when Air Force came to recruit me in high school, I told them, like, guys, I'm not, I'm not even going to lie to you. That ain't me. Like, I, I can't do that. Not alone, let alone my fat ass get into an air car co- or cockpit. But, like, <laughs> I cannot I cannot put myself second every single time when it comes to my career the rest of the time going forward. And, like I said, man, admiration for a ton of people who do that because that is the reality. Not a lot of people do what they love to do every single day when they go to work.
0: I'm, I'm I'm curious. Curious. I saw Jake Roos looking through some glass at, uh, at uh, Lucas Oil Stadium, and I feel like th- his reaction to that was, was the reason he couldn't be a pilot.
2: <laughs> yeah no question yeah
0: I was, yeah, I, was
2: I, I was I was uh grabbing onto anything that had any substance at that yeah Men
0: um, <laughs> no, don't like heights
2: Brooks I'm, I'm I'm curious uh you're so we had Dan Inman on so he played at Georgia but you know shorter uh, that's, a, that's a different caliber of ball I'm I'm curious like what was that experience like man just being at shorter going through all that I, you, you talk to all these guys now right they're high-level guys. Are, it, obviously, I, d- I don't think the Georgia program is what the Shorter program was.
1: No, Keith, Keith Marshall and I actually had a good laugh about this on our show the other day. He's, he was talking about his kind of relationship with football, and I was like, dude, we have a total different conception about what college football is. Jake, guys, did you know I, – I, I don't mean to crap on Shorter University. I'm, I'm very thankful for my two degrees. I'm very thankful for my relationship with my wife. God bless Shorter University. Did you know I paid for my own cleats the last two years I was in college football? Do you know I did not have a locker room on site? Do you know we shared a locker room with a high school football team? Did you, do you know Wait, that which the biggest and team? most successful Division two program in the country, Valdosta State, is the second biggest program in their own city and own county? Like that's yeah. the type of college football I was playing where there's only maybe – 2,000 people in the stands, and that's because there wasn't nothing else to do in that town that you were in that day. Like, nobody cared about what we were doing. We were all there because we thought – like, some of us thought we had a dream to to make it. Those people were absolutely irrational. Some of us (laughs) were just there to get a degree. Some of us were just there as the reality of, like, football was my way out. Football was my way to the next one. Football was something that I was good at when I was a kid. So this is what I do now. Like that was a lot of the reality for division two football players. They're just there because that was really the only option. For me, guys, it was go be a frat boy, preferred walk-on at Ole Miss, or do that at some variety of school like Georgia Southern. And I'm just gonna be honest with you, it would have ended poorly for Brooks Austin. Like it would have been bad. I would have I would I have a bad habit or a bad habit of falling into things that I should not be in, right? And at schools like that where I would have just pledged to make friends, then I would have done anything at, those po- at, at that point in my life to, be, to, to have friends. And, and that's dangerous for a person like me.
0: I'm 39 years old and I still have that problem. <laughs> um, we, uh, so Valdosta State plays their high school games mm-hmm. at Valdosta High's stadium.
1: Correct. So, yeah. It is a very historic stadium. Yeah, um, I mean, it's still, not, took,
0: it's still not very big.
1: No, it's still not very big. And I'm telling you right now, we took historic beatings in that place. I mean, like, <laughs> yeah. they will put those in the annuals of college football. Um, I mean, yeah, it don't take long to do some Google searching on shorter football to know how many games I lost. Guys, yeah. I won seven football games in five years.
0: Yeah, that would uh, – that that's sold out. Yeah, that's, that's really, really
1: bad. bad. And,
0: house, like – The of County Rebels also.
1: But it you know what it gives me it gives me admiration for the program that we cover because like they do all the right things and it's not just good football players. It's not just good football players.
0: So you've got so you got a few different things bouncing around right now. You've got your Patreon, you've got the the film guy um YouTube channel, and you've got uh you know, you do the sports illustrated thing, the affiliation there. Um, I'm not sure exactly how that works and, and wouldn't ask you to explain it to us. Um, which one do you, which one is more you, which one do you have the most fun with
1: this right here doing this? I think if anyone who's ever met me or any, anyone who's been around me, I, I cannot fake what I do on camera, right? I can try to sculpt my opinions. I can try to be as perfect and as clean as I can be as a writer. And it takes me a while to get there. I was not born to be a writer. I was born to be a talker the way I do it, the way I structure my shows, I'm here for an hour in this studio by myself, no producers, no nothing. It's just me. So when I'm talking to a camera, guys, I can't run from just being myself. So I am 100,000% just truly me right here on these cameras. And I feel comfortable doing that. It gives me like a, a buzz. Like I, When I get done with my show, I've, I'm vibrating until like 1 o'clock in the morning. I love doing this, but I love every portion of my job, Jake. Like you – you rattled off all the different avenues. I've I've chosen to do those things because I I, I just want to add on, right? Like in, in that photo that you're showing right there, if you if you look, I have a clip on my on my backpack for my camera. I'm not a photographer, but by God, if I don't try to take the best damn photos I possibly can, right? Like I I work hard at, at Lightroom. I work hard as a a photo editor. I work hard as a video editor. I have tried to add all these things and all these tools into my in, into my Tool bag, if you will, not necessarily just to make myself valuable, but by nature, like when when I got hired, it was, hey, go cover the beat, Bubba. You got to go compete against the monsters. All y'all, y'all got y'all got teams. Y'all got y'all got loads of guys most of the time. Whereas me nowadays, we got a good handful of folks. But when we first started, man, it was, all right, Brooks, go see what you can do. Go see what you can create. Go see how many waves you can make. And that mentality. It ruffled a lot of feathers the wrong way. It, it created my stance as a as a, a full-on go and a, an attack mode all the time, which is great for someone who's trying to grow, but it ain't necessarily great for someone who's trying to grow relationships. And I think you guys can definitely speak to that as my colleagues. Like, people didn't like me. People don't like me. It's hard. It's I don't do a good job. I haven't been doing a good job about doing things like this or just stopping and, and saying, hey, man, how's your day? What's going on with you? Doing those kind of things, which is – Kind of contrary to how I've been grown up, like I've been raised to value relationships. And the relationship that I valued when I got into this was success. How fast do I get it? So,
0: yeah, I also think one of the things you run into in this business, too, is if you're looking for relationships, it's hard to find them. You know, Mm -hmm. you if you just kind of if you kind of just go about your thing and do your thing and just, you know. I don't know, treat people well or whatever. You you end up gravitating towards the people you would get to know um, anyway. And I've just I've just been super fortunate enough to you know to make you know to come in with a couple and to have worked through kind of like Roost did and Roost still does is you know you work through the recruiting circles. So you're just hanging around here every now and then, like you're around occasionally when certain stuff's going on, and then you're never and then all of a sudden you know next thing you know you're actually the guy that's around all the time and then. I've actually kind of moved out of that role and now Palmer's around more than I am. And, um, it's still cool to get back, but it's, it gets kind of weird. Um, Bruce, I think Brooks, I'm really interested to hear the question to the answer <laughs> to, the, to the Bruce question. The question yeah. Bruce asked everybody. I got it. Right,
2: yeah. So, so we've done this every single podcast. I, I asked this, uh, to Roe the very first time we started, um, and I this is it's gonna be an intriguing one because you played it shorter, you've covered uh, ball, you've you've done it, you've done it all at this point, man. Like, all right, so the question is the worst hotel you've ever stayed in.
1: Oh, dude, easy. The Ramada at the national title game, one hundred percent. Um so a little backstory during my days in construction, I would have I was the guy who booked all the hotels for the cruise. So I got all the points because I was smart enough to save them under my account. I hope my ex-bosses aren't listening right now. If you are, so what? Anyway, so I, stay, I stored all these points. So when we go on the road, I try not to buy hotels, like especially ones in LA they are like 250 bucks a night because not to get too deep in the weeds, but that's out of my pocket. We ain't got no expense report over here, homies. <laughs> like, that's, that's on your boy. So anytime we could cut costs, we are cutting them. And so I signed up, used the points. Ramada Inn, about a qu- like two blocks from that nice, nice media hotel that y'all stayed in. No, no, no. This was the green level Ramada. <laughs> this wasn't even the red Ramada, dog. This was the green Ramada. All right? So we walk in, and it's like, first of all, elevators don't work. First two floors do not work. Then the three nights we were there, guys, the keys do not work. Every single time we come back, the keys do not work. And here's the, the worst part about the experience, and not very – Uh, you don't feel very cozy inside when this happens. All three times, I go down to the front desk. Excuse me, sir. Card don't work. Can I get a new one? Yeah, what room number? Tell him the room number. Dude doesn't even ask for my ID. Just gives gives it to me. Just gives it right to me, man. So like anybody, not that I'm like that, but like anybody could just be like, yeah, 809. That's where I'm at. And then just run up on the spot, like immediately. So yeah, Ramada and... Where was it? Was
0: it near the airport? Where was that?
1: Dude, yeah, it was. I remember very little about the LA trip because I was, I was like, we stayed in the room, dude. We walked out the first day and we like walked and walked and walked and tried to find a sports bar. And man, I thought I was in like, people make jokes about San Andreas and GTA, but like. I thought I was in a video game because, dude, nothing is open in LA. Nothing. Like everything is barren. Everything is empty. Everything is closed. And that shit is spooky.
2: It's it so very spooky. Out. I think. I think what Brooks Austin saying is uh, find out where he's staying and go ask for any number of rooms. Yeah, just, <laughs> just, just rattle them, rattle them
1: off. You might get in there because honestly, we are not staying at the highest. We are not at them five star hotels, man. Never.
0: Well. Some heights are good. Some heights are bad. Uh, I have had the I have had to have the luxury of the expense reports, and I will sing the praises of the Lowe's Vanderbilt Hotel in Nashville <laughs> until the day I die because that's my favorite place in the world uh, of of hotels. Favorite place I've ever stayed, anyway. But uh, I it's been a long time since so I had to stay at a Ramada. Um, oh, that, that does not sound too great. All right, Brooks. My question I ask everybody that comes on: um, Listen, imagine. Um, And I don't want to do this. Uh, You you got me worried a little bit about your proclivities to fall into the, with the wrong people. So I don't want to, I don't want to put you in a bad spot here, but imagine if imagine they found you face down dead in a ravine somewhere (laughs) and uh, you, but you get to come above your body and you get to plan your own funeral. Who's performing at said funeral. It can be a comedian. It can be a soloist, uh, uh, a musician, or it can be.
1: So I'm going to take this joke from rusty Manziel but I know who's writing my eulogy and it's definitely Jeff Santel. If you've ever, <laughs> if you've ever read anything from Jeff Santel, Jeff Santel <laughs> will let them know like what age I learned how to tie my damn shoes with the bunny ears. Like that dude, <laughs> that dude writes it in depth and biopics people better than anybody ever. In yeah. terms of a, a musical performance, man, like I, I don't have one genre. I don't have one artist. I don't have one thing. Like, i'm kind of in different vibes everywhere i go i've never thought about my funeral playlist i'm gonna be honest with you i might have to put that one together um but yeah we got we got workout playlists we got riding like on the boat playlist we got riding to the car playlist we got chilling in the office writing playlist
2: ain't got a i'm dead playlist yet but i might put that (laughs) one together okay well so i guess this this goes to then who's who's your favorite artist if you, you know, right now, like, like, like let, let's say you get a live dead, uh, I'm not talking about you in this scenario, but a live dead artist, you get somebody to come back and perform. You get to stand front row. Who's Who is it? So I saw Eric Church and George
1: Strait in Atlanta when mm-hmm. they came the last time. And I like, if Eric Church don't put on one of the better shows of any country musician, I don't know who does. George Strait's the same way, um, so I would go one of those two guys, but honestly, like you hear one George Strait song live, and I, God, my dad's gonna kill me. You hear one George Strait song live, you've heard them all. Like he he does the same thing, he strums the same six chords, and he sings about love, and that's great. Cowboy it does and in Love is
0: greater than George Strait. Is that what we're saying here?
1: <laughs> I'm personally, I'm personally a, a Garth Brooks fan, so I'm I'm a Brooks guy, and like I know that back in the day, that was kind of a who's who um so yeah i would but in terms of who performs live man i don't know i I might take my mom off and just play some hip-hop and 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 she'll go i can't believe he played that thump thump crap at his own funeral so maybe that
2: (laughs) so wait so who i mean so so hip-hop he gets
1: the plug that's who i'm listening to lately boys he's from (laughs) dallas um and yeah he sings that song called texas i'm from texas um yeah, he, he's got a good little chart, good little album going on right now. So yeah, Big X the plug right now. That's what I'm listening to.
2: All right.
0: I don't know that I've I was just thinking about it as you were saying that. I I can't remember the last time I really listened to music. Uh we got a little we got a playlist we play for the kids yeah. in the car. It's got like a little L- Dua Lipa on it. Yeah, it yeah. a little and, uh, uh Little, I mean, uh, the
1: big, big Morgan Wallen fan, uh, like fan, a household fan here. Like it's always playing. I, I can, see the can face. You I can't the do phone
0: anymore. You
2: I'm, can't
1: do I'm good with it. What's that? I'm, I'm good with the Morgan Wallen. I'm, I'm not opposed to it. I like it. Um, I think he's got some good writers working for him. Um, yeah. So we are there. My daughter seems to like it too. So. Um, I just can't do. With I Wallen. can't
0: do Morgan Wallen, and there's nothing that hurts me to my mm-hmm. core more than when somebody hears cover me up, and they're like, "Oh man, you love that Morgan Wallen song." It oh, makes me want. It makes me want to dive head first into yeah. the pavement. Now, uh, you is, you're not
1: gonna you're not gonna catch too many like musical historians that are out here repping the Wallen <laughs> crew. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so,
0: Bruce, what well, were you
2: asking me? Oh, I was I, no. I'm asking you both. I mean, as dads, like, are kids not listening to Rafi anymore? Like, you can't listen to Banana Phone. No. Like, nobody's listening to Banana Phone. Foam. Banana Phone's got- No, dude my Won't my kids it. are
1: my my kids are wow. into Dino Ranch, uh, Miss Rachel, and that dude Blippi. Have y'all met Blippi? Yeah, no, I'm aware of what that is. So Ro knows who Blippi is. We're, so yeah, we're more of, a, aware of aware of. I'm aware of. What we're that more that is. of
0: a Bluey Peppa Pig crew around here. Okay. But-
1: See, we got a blippy boy in the house, and that man blippy makes me feel how poor I am every time he gets on YouTube. And I'm just not <laughs> cool with that. He's like, "What is this, kids? It's a car, and it's a damn blue Lamborghini." And I'm
0: like, "What? <laughs> yeah, that guy.
1: Oh, guy yeah, that, that guy's get out of here."
2: Checks,
0: man. Hey, next time, Brooks, we want to have you on again sometime, and uh, yeah. we'll do a film guy thing with with Blippi. We'll we'll I get some really stuff on Blippy. <laughs> Get some <laughs> Illustrator stuff
1: on. Hey, y'all, uh, laughing about Blippy. I look. I looked up how much Blippi's worth the other day. That sucker's worth 120 million. Right, there. that goofy dude. That dude, get goofy dude, right there, While,
0: we're at, it, I on for hey, while we're at it, is that Jeff Centel
2: on for 120? Easy.
0: Hey, while we're at it, is <laughs> that <laughs> Jeff Centel?
2: Oh, come on
0: now. <laughs> hey, I bet Jeff would love to have his. his listen, I, I love Jack, Jeff more than the next fella. I, mean, I love him more than you two combined. But I—I um, I mean, that does kind of look like Jeff's smile a little bit. I call
1: Jeff Uncle Jeff. That's Uncle Jeff.
0: Uncle Jeff, <laughs> Brooks. Thanks so much for coming on, man. We'll have to have you again on again some other time, and you can, uh, like I said, we'll we'll break down some video of some uh, children's cartoons. <laughs>
1: hey, I'm down with it whenever, boys. I'm—I am a pro veteran. Well, not a veteran yet, but I'm definitely a professional dad. <laughs> So uh, hit me up on that one for sure. Thank right, you guys having you me on, on, man. Buddy.
2: Absolutely, thank you, Brooks. Yeah, man.
0: <laughs> Good stuff, man. What a what a fireball! <laughs> hey, listen, I will say this. You know, uh, you know, and, and and I meant that. Uh, you know, the whole like he got a hook. Listen, I've I've seen guys come and go. I've seen guys come and go without, you know, twenty four seven or rivals or Athens Banner Herald or whatever whatever the wind is at their back. I've seen them come and go. Brooks has not. And he, he's he hung on um through the you know like Helen Hunt and Bill Paxton, he put that leather strap around his waist and to the to the to the well pipe and and was like hey let's do the improbable here. So good on him. <laughs> and and I think that energy's got a lot to do with it.
2: No, no question about it, man. No, uh, no, Brooks uh, Brooks the uh, spitfire dude and uh respect respect his work and uh, a good dude, man.
0: Yeah, for sure. Appreciate him All coming right. in, man. What, uh, what's been on your mind lately? What did you, what, let's get back into the masters a little bit. What, uh, you don't, you don't watch golf, but you no, that's not true. I watch, I watch the majors. Okay. But, but I mean, nothing gets your attention quite
2: like the masters. though. Oh, there's no question. I love the masters. Like that was something that my dad like raised me on. Right. Like I, like it was a, it was an, it was event television for my dad who cared about almost nothing in terms of event television. But the Masters he's been watching it his whole life. My grandfather watches it. I mean, it, it's a very it's a pass down thing, and so yeah, for sure it, it's it, it the masters captures me uh, like almost like unlike anything else. It, it's my favorite week of the year.
0: All right, so re- re- harkening back to how many times have you been? Uh, two what's what's your thing uh, other than the pimento cheese sandwiches? What's your thing? Like, what, what's the, what's the sites you got to see? Where you got to go?
2: Now, you know, honestly, for me, it was none of that. I mean, it, it's, it's appropriately rated is what I tell people. Like, there's a lot of hype around the Masters and people talk a lot of like, oh, man, it's incredible. It is. It's legitimately probably the most incredible place I've ever been in terms of manicured and all that. For me, the, the big appeal of the Masters is walking around and nobody having a cell phone. That's stunning to me. Yeah. The, the eye contact that people make, and because they are somewhere they want to be, everybody's smiling. It's the, it is like the coolest vibe of anywhere that you could possibly hope to run into, man. I mean, the, the Masters, like I said, I, that, and I did not anticipate that the first time I went, but it's absolutely beautiful. And it makes me think we should ban cell phones from more <laughs> It's,
0: it, it is it's funny because like you do end up having like little small talk conversations with people. I was, so I was watching Adam Scott and, and Cameron Smith during the practice round, Adam Scott comes around. I take a photo of him and I'm looking at the photo and this lady looks over my shoulder and she goes, God, he's handsome, isn't he? And I said, best looking dude I've ever seen. In my life. <laughs> and my, I thought my dad was going to crumble. I thought he was going to like, he, I thought he, I mean, he just, he thought it was the funniest thing. We took a photo, my dad and I did, right there in front of the uh, in front of that 12th green. Not right there in front of it. You can't get very close. Um, I would assume so. <laughs> yeah, you can't get very well. I mean, there are places where you can, but you yeah. can't get anywhere close to 12. Um, and uh, yeah, we got that. We got a photo with that in the background. It's pretty cool. Um, but uh, you know, my, he didn't say a whole. Here's the funny thing. I'm I'm gonna dime on my dad here real quick. Uh, he didn't say a whole lot while we were there. Like he was just kind of like, yeah, yeah. he was taking yeah. it in, you know. Like, you'd I'd, I'd be like, Hey, man, what you think? What's going on? You know, oh, yeah, yeah, it's cool, it's cool. So, my dad, only he's a contractor. This man is 62 years old and he still goes to work every day and hangs drywall and does doors, whatever he's doing, he does. It. And so, he, the whole time, it, he's oh, there, there we go, all right, so. As he's headed, so he's going back home. I call my mom the next day because they actually, when we got back there, like, he's like, hey, I'm going to go so I can just get up and go to work in the morning. Like, All right, you know, that's cool. Um, I want him to stay another night, but whatever. So <laughs> I get up the next morning. I'm like, hey, you know, um, did daddy say anything about, you know, how he thought about it? She goes, Jay, he did not turn the radio on the whole way home. <laughs> Four straight hours told me everything that happened. So uh, that man right there. Born in Orange Park, Florida, uh, raised in you know two stoplight town, Pearson, Georgia. Um, you know, had a blast. The, and real,
2: the real question is, when are you going to get that mustache? I i I've kind of got it. I just <laughs> need to no, you, you, got, you got the beard though too. You gotta yeah. you gotta let
0: go of the beard. <laughs> nah, he's better looking than I am. I can't uh, I can't handle it. But uh, thank goodness I.
2: I mean, so so. I'll ask you. I mean, like I, I've told, I've talked to a lot of people about this this last week, and yeah, I, I've, been, I've I, been. And by
0: the way, I think the Masters is underrated, personally.
2: Okay, that was exactly what I was going to ask you. Yeah. Is uh, the the rating for the Masters?
0: Yeah, it's underrated. It's, I mean, and I and I, I agree with you that it, you know, it, it the very least, it's it meets expectations, and the expectations don't get much higher. No question, um, but. Um, and honestly, I'm glad, um, you know, I am I think and I hope I'm going to get to go to on Wednesday next year and go to the par three. Um, and I'm glad that I've gotten to do what I've gotten to do the last couple of years, which is I went on Monday last year, got to go on Tuesday this year, because uh, then I got to see the course and I got to see the players on the course. And uh, next year, I plan on if I get to go to the par three, I'm going to go post up and watch a lot of golf shots and really get into the energy of it all, because both times I've been, I've kind of stayed out of that coming out of amen corner spot right there at 15 where they skip. I, ball watch a, the I, I didn't watch
2: a lot there. of golf. Huh? I just didn't watch a lot of golf.
0: Yeah. It's, it, a, it's, it's,
2: it's, it's kind of hard. you got to be patient. I kind of just wandered around and like took everything in.
0: Yeah. You've got to be patient if you want to actually see some golf shots. And even then sometimes, I mean, it's tough. If you're, if you're watching on like a, if you're watching on one of those par fours or whatever, and they just smoke a drive, you're not seeing that thing. I mean, you better be standing within 20 feet of where that thing's landing, or something. But it's uh, it's pretty crazy.
2: I was I was I was really happy to see John round pull it off. Though I will say he he put it into like the Brutus the Barber beefcake sleeper hold and just did not let up. Man, I mean yeah, and and kept and Kepka, listen, he he played an incredible four days, but the wheels fell off after yeah the play, the play pause.
0: Yeah, he just couldn't. Uh, he just couldn't get anything going. And I'm, I mean, I'm a Kepka fan. I'm a Rom fan. I've always liked watching him play. Um, I love. Yeah. I love a lot of those guys at the top of that leaderboard. Spief, uh Phil Mickelson. Where do you fall on the live thing? I don't. I don't care. PGA Tours pocketed a lot of Saudi money. Rory's pocketed Saudi money. I don't give a I don't give a rat's ass. It does not matter to me one lick. Uh, you know, listen. Let's put on our Nike gear. Let's put on our Adidas gear, like it's made humanely, and then talk about human rights violations. <laughs> all right. Let's just all just just all get in the same boat. I, and, and
2: the whole, I will just say that the thing it just doesn't appeal to me. I haven't watched it. Oh yeah,
0: I, I don't. I'm not watching it. I'm just not holding it against anybody. Yeah, else. No, 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 no. I get that. I get that. And, but to me, it just the, the whole thing just doesn't appeal to me. It, the, it, the only the, reason the I would torture. dislike Liv is because they have the two, the, literally the two golfers on tour that I don't like: Bryson DeChambeau and Patrick Reed. Yeah. So and I'm I, did, I knew I didn't know who one of them was, but I knew Patrick Reed. So yeah. one of them. I'm not a big Bryson DeChambeau fan. <laughs> Bryson DeChambeau is a homeschooled nerd.
2: Perhaps I, is it fair to say Patrick Reed may be the most hated man in golf.
0: Yeah, he needs to be throat punched. <laughs> He's thief! He's a thief and a cheater. Can we get this photo off of here? Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> I was asking a minute ago in the chat, what, what day do we need to go? I, I don't know, man. I've been Monday or Tuesday. I, I wanted to, to look at. I wanted to look at your dad more. <laughs> hey, I'm, hey, he's got more of a face for for all this stuff i mean my face is already up here one time let's, don't, let's don't double the trouble on these people all right what you got for me tonight what's my question
2: all right um so uh i thought about this one today and um i i think i know the answer later so i had to i had to sort of uh frame this question correctly but as a kid Right. So let's say up until you were 16, 17 years old, what was the video game you played most in your life? Oh, <laughs> good question.
0: You know, because honestly, I kind of came up in the in the age of the consoles came a little faster and furious than they do now. No question. You know, like I mean, because yeah, I, you got four to five years out of a console. Yeah. Yeah. I got to say it's probably – it's either Game Breaker, NCAA Game Breaker on on the original PlayStation. Okay. Trap option, unbelievable. (laughs) Or it's Bill Walsh College Football on the Sega. Um, I played – listen, I played that Bill Walsh College Football with Cordell Stewart at quarterback and 99 speed. I played a lot of Tecmo Bowl too. Tecmo Bowl was a lot of fun, but Tecmo Bowl was a little early on me, and so I didn't really – I wasn't able to kind of lock in and sesh for about seven straight hours on that. Yes. Yeah. Um, but it was it was definitely. I, I never was a huge Madden guy. Um, like I played it. I always owned it. You know, I always got it. But I never played it a, a ton. I got into Madden in like ninety nine oh one. Okay. So
2: oh, like that. Uh, was it? Was it oh one that had? Um, I think that was this. Was that the McNair year on it? Or Eddie George, I think, was. Eddie George was on that one. Which, that, Whichever one Eddie George was on. The Titans were incredible. I was a big Titans fan at the time because they were new. They were semi-local. And they had Frank Wycheck and Kevin Dyson and Eddie George and Steve McNair, and they were hard to beat. So,
0: Yeah, but I, I will and, say this. The-, the most timeless game, the most timeless game, the one I played the earliest and will still flip on that thing and play today if it's available. It's not even a football game at all. It's NBA jam. No question. That the NBA jam, That's dude. Oh my God. Oh God, NBA Jam is just I don't even know. I don't even know how to describe it. I mean, you know, get be it's get a perfect game. game. Huh? It really is. It's a perfect game. It it requires no
2: real forethought. You have you don't have to know anything. You can just pick it up and start playing, and it just goes from there, man.
0: The only the only adaptation of a sport. You know what I mean? Like in terms of like, all right, yeah, this is not really the sport, but it's blitz. Blitz was similar. It was good. Yeah, blitz was. But blitz was a knockoff knockoff attempt at NBA Jam that didn't really get there. You know, like it. It's it fun. It. It's fun. No, no. It's it's. Listen, you can be elite and not be as good as NBA Jam. <laughs>
2: There's yeah, <laughs> Palmer just the fastest fingers in the West. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no. All man, right. So yeah, no. for you. All right. So oh. here's the deal. I my man Roos over here. What years your What year is your forerunner? Your Helix uh 93 okay so my man Roos drives a 93 uh toyota helix four runner um right side drive he's a weirdo it's a diesel it's a diesel it's a a japanese import yeah loves it loves it all right and i get it i get it it's awesome but new or old you get to drive it it's got zero miles on it it's yours i give it to you and it keeps zero miles on it Mm. All right, it's not going to it's not going to wear out. It's going to drive just like it is and you get it for the rest of his life, but you got to keep it. You can't sell it. Yeah. are not factoring in like does it hold its value, whatever. What are you picking?
2: Uh I'm getting a Defender. Uh no question about it. I'm getting a Land Cruiser or a Land Rover Defender. Um let's see if I can get the, the correct ear here. Um
0: Uh let's see. This I thought is- you're going with the Land, Land. Rover cuz I would definitely go with the Land Cruiser.
2: Uh, no, yeah, I, no, listen, Land Cruiser is right, for me, it's right there. Um, those are two very comparable vehicles, for sure, uh, but I think that I'm probably going to go, listen, I have based, well, yeah, probably the Defender 90, so I, I based the, I based buying this car upon, like, what are the cars that people in the Middle East drive for 30 to 40 years, Right. I mean, like, like, now I have the ability to get regular uh, oil changes and regular maintenance and I mean yes, exactly. Back Dude, ago.
0: I was watching Black Hawk Down the other day yes. and, and and my man was driving like a little Toyota car or something with the X on the top of it. And yeah. I was just like, that car looks like, it looks like a, I mean, like a 10. That car would run
2: 400,000 miles. Yeah,
0: unbelievable. <laughs>
2: And I had a lot of limits. That was the big thing that compelled me into this direction. Like, I'm telling you, Ro, like, I spent like six or seven years researching about these vehicles. And I was like, because I was so sick of dealing with problems. And so I was like, what is the most reliable vehicle in the world? And what I came up on was these early, these late 80s, early 90s Toyota Diesels. Um, and so that's what compelled me to buy the the Hilux. But the the Defender to me, that's that's a that's a that's like a diplomat's car. That's that's like a that's something that you get driven around in when you're ahead of state. Yeah, that's bulletproof. The the engine's gonna run. I listen. I don't want to pay for the maintenance on it. That's why I would never own one. But I, I the boxy. Yeah, it, a lot of it appeals to me,
0: man. Let me tell you something, bro. When I moved to when I moved to Athens, Georgia, twenty almost twenty years ago, I had a teal. Seatbelt came and got when nothing good can support. come from steel. That's
2: <laughs> cool. It's about to happen. <laughs> the Mazda
0: Protege, baby. Yeah. Okay, there
2: it is. There it is.
0: If you got if you if you got faster than sixty miles an hour in that Mazda Protege, I had to kind of pet her. I was, like, ooh, calm down. Thinking, okay, it's gonna be okay. She had a broken motor mount. I think it just started going and just like oh, going like like a. My buddy Cliff and I, uh, we went up to see Joe Cox and Muhammad massaqua went up Went up to see and meet Todd Unzicker, who was at UGA Sports at the time. Yeah, yeah. Went to see and hang out with Todd Unzicker at Muhammad massaqua and Joe Cox's high school football game in school. That was Charlotte.
2: Charlotte, Charlotte,
0: Charlotte Day, yeah. right? That's right. Cabo Fish Taco was not there at the time. That was that Charlotte Bay uh-huh. School. Um, th- that's exactly the car. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <that idiot. laughs> Um, no, that was at Independence High School. Um, so we go up
2: there.
0: That's right. We go up. We go up there to watch them play. And uh, I, dude, I, I'm on the interstate on like 85, and Cliff's like, dude, we are never gonna get there. And I'm like, dude, you do not want me to drive this thing over 65 miles an hour. And he said, dude, you got to put a foot in it. Let's go. And this was probably like right across, like crossing the South Carolina line. And I picked that thing, and he was like, God, we're going into orbit. Oh, <laughs> man, um, I scared him to death. But uh, eventually, got the motor mount fixed on it, and I sold that car. It didn't even have 100,000 miles and on. I sold it for way less than it was worth. It was I t- took a bad deal on it. Uh,
2: yeah, uh, I, I feel that way about my, my Celica, which you may remember <laughs> as uh, the car that uh, the doors did not lock on, and I found that kid inside that one
0: time. Uh, who knows, man? I think we just – that they would just start the horn, but just start just going crazy in it. Sometimes, oh my God, what a nightmare that can be. That
2: car, that car, though, ran like a top, man. And that Celica was incredible. I, I regret it every day. I,
0: I'm, I'm, I'm also amazed we made it to 50 minutes. Um, <laughs> yeah. Once again, we the gift of gab, we got it. But uh Bark After Dark was back tonight, and we were happy to have Brooks Austin on. Uh We don't know what the future holds. They may shut us down. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't They. It's they. If we get shut down, it will be them. (laughs) Um, But that's all we got for tonight. We'll be back with you next Monday one way or the other. It might just be us. It might be just one of us. I might get on here with my kid. Who knows? Y'all take care. Have a good night.